we're going to start a second journey. So we're in Acts chapter 16. And if you remember, the first, the first journey was Barnabas and Paul going out to Asia Minor. And so now we're coming back. And this time on the second journey, Barnabas and Paul have had a pretty serious disagreement. And so uh, they're going to go their separate ways and they're going to take their own team and go. And uh, John Mark, who's a young guy that didn't make it through the whole of the first journey, is going to go with Barnabas. And Silas is going to go with Paul. And if you look at this map, I'm not sure you can see it, so I'll just kind of point out quickly. Uh, Barnabas and John Mark are going to go back to Cyprus. The whole idea, we're going to go back and visit the people that we saw the first journey, and then we're going to kind of extend Probably they went to Cyprus, visited, and they may have ended up across North Africa. And so those of you sometimes that wonder, like who wrote uh, Hebrews, there's one really good possibility is Barnabas, and he wrote it after his mission in North Africa with the Jewish communities across here. And Paul and Silas, rather than going by sea, hey, that's, who's doing that? That's really cool. Uh, they're going to they're gonna go overland, and they're actually going to go through Paul's hometown of Tarsus, and they go over the mountains back to where they ended the first journey. They're going to start there. That's, hello. That's, that's something new. Someone will have to explain that to me. How'd that happen? My finger. So Acts 16, 1 through 5. Oh, Hello. Paul came first to Derbe, and then Lystra, and he found a disciple there by the name of Timothy. Timos Theos. So, value God, honor God. That's his name, something like that, honor God. He's the son of a devout Jewish mother. That means his mother was a Jewish believer in Jesus. But his father was Greek. And friends in Lystra and Iconium all said that Timothy was a fine young man. And so Paul wanted to recruit him for their mission. But they, he first took him aside and circumcised him so they wouldn't offend the Jews who lived in those parts. They all knew that his father was Greek. And as they traveled from town to town, they presented the simple guidelines the Jerusalem apostles and leaders had come up with. And that turned out to be most helpful. Day after day, the congregations became stronger in faith and larger in size. Now, as I read that, wing, I mean, immediately in light, if you, I mean, like if you're remembering where we've been, then maybe you too would have questions. If you forgot where we've been, then probably not going to have questions. But I immediately, you've got, you've got Barnabas taking John Mark after this disagreement with, with Paul about, I'm not taking John Mark. And now you've got Paul inviting another young man, Timothy. And I'm wondering, what, what in the world would John Mark and Barnabas think and feel? Paul wouldn't take me, John Mark might say, but he's going to pick up Timothy on the what and what and what. And then if you go back, that the whole idea was we're going to kind of keep relationships congenial between the Jewish background believer and the Gentile background believer. And so now you've got Paul delivering a message that's urging 
congeniality and relationship, but he's not congenial with Barnabas. That should raise, I mean, doesn't that raise a question with you? And then, did you, I mean, I thought we were done with circumcision. I was really ready to be done with circumcision. But now you've got, you've got Paul, and I'm, I tried to find, but there's the possible, like Paul actually did the rite of circumcision on Timothy. That, would, that, that father-son relationship between Timothy and Paul, that would make that a pretty tight relationship. Hmm. No, 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 Adam's saying. No, no, no. Uh, but I thought we just got through deciding we weren't going to circumcise people. So there's these, they're delivering these guidelines so we don't have to do that. But now, so do you, do you get where, like, do you get, like, there's, what? What's going on here? So I want to remind you, remember, this is the reminders of the guidelines. First, it started with some Jewish believers, some, some Jewish background believers, some Jews from Jerusalem that were following Jesus. They heard about all the Gentiles from the first missionary journey beginning to follow Jesus. They showed up at Antioch, and they, they demanded. I mean, it's a demand. We demand Everybody must be circumcised. If you're not circumcised in the mosaic fashion, you can't be saved. We, we should, I mean, there's just a couple of things. I wish I knew more, but I know, one, within the mind of a Jewish background believer, you're not saved individually. There's always a group saved. And I think that, that's something we should always remember. It's not just about me being saved. It's about us being saved. And then the only, the only people from the Old Testament that were kind of set apart for salvation would be people that entered into the Abrahamic covenant and then the Mosaic covenant. So that's, that's their world. That's what they're coming with. And remember, Barnabas and Paul stood up and said, no, 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 no. And then there was this council in Jerusalem. The first gathering of the church was about who's going to be in, who's going to be out. And I'm just reminding you. And so they said, it seemed to the Holy Spirit and to us that you should not be saddled with any crushing burden, which meant you don't, need to, you don't need to follow the law. I mean, Gentile people don't need to enter into the covenant and, and start following along with the law. But we want you to be responsible only with the bare necessities. Be careful not to be involved in activities connected with idols. And that's the operative word. Do, do we, you know, we understand that the Greek world is a pagan world and it's connected with temples and idols. So do we really want you to avoid worshiping idols. I mean, that's totally consistent with the Old Testament. You shall have no other God but, but me. And then connect with those idols would be offerings of food. So don't eat food that's been offered to idols. And then guard the morality of sex and marriage. Again, there was cult prostitution around those temples. And so, you know, you, you Gentile believers, you're going to have to step away from pagan worship. And so if you'll do that, the Jewish, what the Jewish community was worried about is if, the, if a Gentile came in, then they, they, well, they're immoral and they're idolaters. Those are the two biggies. And so they're, having, they're struggling with how do, we, how do we become a body of people, Jewish background, Gentile background, if these Gentile background people don't distance themselves from immorality and idolatry? And this is the way, they, this is what they said, this is how we're going to do it. Okay, that's just the reminder. Now, Timothy comes along, 
And Timothy, he's a new learner. Disciple just means he's a learner. He's an apprentice. And he's come to faith in Jesus since the first missionary journey. Now, his mom and his grandma were already, they're Jewish background people, but they're already following Jesus. And now Timothy is following Jesus. And I don't know when his mom or his grandma came to know Jesus. Maybe it happened on Pentecost at the, at the birth of the church. Don't know. But now you've got Timothy, mom, grandma following Jesus. And, it, and, and Timothy's mom, she's a, she's a Jewess, so she's Jewish, but she's a believer in Jesus. So we're again in this, this realm of Jewish background believers. So in the first century, if you were a Jew that came to know Jesus, you didn't stop being Jewish. You didn't, you didn't change religions. You didn't say, okay, I was a Jew, now I'm a Christian. That's not, that's, that, that, didn't, that doesn't happen. There's not a change of religion. It's who you're following. I'm, I'm a Jew who believes Jesus is the Messiah and I'm following him. And then Timothy's dad was a Greek. Now he's not literally a Greek. He's a Hellenist. So the word Greek in the New Testament is about Hellenism. It's about the culture of Hellenism. His dad, in all likelihood, was what we would call Turkish today. He's from Asia Minor. But he was Hellenized, so he represented Hellenistic culture. He spoke Greek. He lived as a Greek, Hellenized. And then by lineage, Timothy is Jewish because of his mom. That's still true today. So lineage is defined not by uh, paternity, because there, there's always a little bit of doubt who the dad is. But there is absolutely no doubt who the mom is. Okay? You, you, can't, you, uh, you can't get out of that one. There is going to be only one mom for all of us. Okay? So that's how they decided that. So then, so then Paul says, you know, and I don't, don't you, don't, aren't you curious? I, I really wonder if, you know, he sets off with Silas. Silas is an, he's an older, not a younger man. And, I, and I'm, he's kind of steamed. You know, I didn't want to take John Mark, but I wonder if with any, but, but, but you know, I really wish we had somebody younger with us. So, yeah, dang it. Barnabas was right about having somebody younger, but I didn't want John Mark. But now he finds Timothy. And when he finds Timothy and he starts, he kind of, you know, I want him to go with this. Then it, it, again, taps into there's a difference between a Jew that's following Jesus and a Gentile that's following Jesus. And I think we should remind ourselves that Paul's intention, uh, it's consistent. He is going to share the message of Jesus, the resurrection, Jesus the Messiah, the kingdom arriving, He's going to share that message first with Jews. Every place he goes, he's going to first go to a synagogue. Because, as he says to Timothy later in the epistle, I thank God for you, Timothy, the God I worship with my whole life in the tradition of my ancestors. In my Jewish tradition, I worship... Paul never stopped being a Jew. Now, he was a Jew that followed Jesus. That did change the way that he lived it out. But he never stopped being a Jew. 
And so he wants to continue going first and foremost to the Jew before he goes to the Gentile. And in order to do that, without Timothy being circumcised, it's going to be offensive. And Timothy's not going to have the same access into the synagogue, but even more importantly, if they get back to Jerusalem, Timothy could not enter the temple if he wasn't circumcised. And so Paul is saying, look, this is going to cause unnecessary offense. Let's just seal the deal. Your mom says it's okay. I guess your dad says it's okay. So we're going to circumcise you. Circumcision, the circumcision that caused the controversy was about Gentile background believers, not Jewish background believers. So in all likelihood, in the first century, Jewish background believers continued with the rite of circumcision. They continued going to the temple. They continued keeping the Jewish calendar. They just did it with a new perspective in following Jesus. The Gentile background believer didn't. Now, when you roll all that together, and I don't know if your head's spinning, I think it brings some things into our community that we should talk about. Okay, first of all, life and ministry are not always neat and tidy. I don't know if you noticed, but I raised three questions. I only answered one, maybe. Sometimes we are left with unanswered questions. Are you okay with that? There used to, Shell used to do this thing about the Shell answer man. And I could substitute the pressure that I felt as a pastor. Pastors are supposed to be answer men. Pastors are always supposed to come up with an answer. Guess what? I don't have all the answers. I'm pursuing answers, but I don't have all the answers. And I'm going to disappoint you at some place. I don't know. I can't answer the questions I asked. Our life and our faith is just not that neat and tidy. It's not just that black and white. We are really left at times with unanswered questions. Though we know we're to go for answers, but that doesn't mean we're going to get the answers. Can we, are we ha- as a community, can we live with that? Now that could, that could raise some, you know, we could have some like tensions and we could have some conversations so, that, but that's what, isn't that what they're doing here? Yeah. So we, we want you to just affirm that. Life is not always neat and tidy. Ministry is not always neat and tidy. The next thing is we do need close companions as we deliver the message of our king to our generation. And one of the things I really, really, really really am excited about with the oh hellos is they as a group of people have decided we want to deliver the message not i'm going to deliver the message we so they they are a ministry team delivering a message and they're not going to do it overtly they're going to do it covertly they're going to sing songs that have a depth of meaning but they're not christian songs They're not a Christian band, though they're all Christians. They're all following Jesus. So it's really a profound thing. And they've all discovered, hey, we we need to be companions 
if we're going to deliver this message to our generation, we have got to be companions in doing it. Every one of us can learn from that. I was brought up in some of the, like, uh, I don't even want to even say it, but it was, the emphasis was on soul winning and individual. And so I ran into these characters that had all kinds of tricks, cards, you know, that, that, I mean, so it was all this individual effort. I'm the soul winner, and I just do it myself. And that's, you never see that in the Bible. We all need a companion. There always needs to be at least two, if not three, if not four, that are delivering the message of the kingdom. And so then it, it brings me back to, see, Barnabas took John Mark because he was a younger man. And so he's training a younger man. Paul is picking Timothy because Timothy is a younger man. And so you develop these father and son relationships. So those of us that are like, hello, Mike. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, George. You know, all of us, Chad, I don't know where the line is, Ted. I don't know where the line is, but I know we're over that line. (laughs) Wherever that line is. And everybody, I'm I'm speaking to the men first. I'm going to turn it to the ladies in a moment. We all need a Timothy. Somebody that we are investing our life in and that we are sharing the message of Jesus with others with. I think that's just really an important thing for all of us to discover. Now, for the younger men, I mean, you can do that with guys that are younger than you or with each other. We all, we all need a companion to remind, hey, we, we got a message to share. And if we just, if we just go it alone, we just, we just don't, it's just not the same. And I don't know the feminine name, I mean, Timothita, I don't know what the, I mean, what is that, what, is there a, Timmy? <laughs> no. Tammy? Okay, Tammy. Okay, ladies, you need, you need a Tammy. <laughs> it's it's the same. It's, this is not just a a masculine thing, ladies. You too. We, we all we need to have these seasons in life where we know I I'm investing time with this person, and together we are delivering the message of our King and His kingdom to our generation. Now, isn't that something that every one of us could like maybe? try this year see if it works because I think it's probably a really important part of our faith and I know life is busy but there's got to be a way that we can incorporate bringing others into our life and into our schedule and then together we are delivering this message then I'm wondering if we're doing that what are we willing to do in order to not unnecessarily offend those that we're sharing the message with. And it also kind of taps into the the last question, what hinders our announcement of the king and his kingdom to our generation? And I'm kind of curious, could could I ask for a little, like, suggestions? Let's start with the last question. From your perspective, what is hindering us from telling our generation that Jesus is alive, 
that Jesus is the Messiah or Jesus is the king and that the, the rule of God, the kingdom of God has arrived and, and that's bringing something better to our world. What is hindering us from announcing that to our generation? Any suggestions? Okay, so, okay, you sometimes feel like a salesman, okay? Like it's a product to sell, okay? Okay, I'm going to be rejected if I, I'm not courageous enough to, okay? What else, what else is? Okay, okay, so the opportunity, just missing opportunity, either we're not going into every day looking for it, or it comes and we just, whoop. Well, uh, there it went. Okay. okay, relevancy. So there's an attitude. What I, you know, if I if I if if I'm going out and I'm going to try to convince others to believe what I believe, and I'm going to argue my point, that's a different attitude than, hey, I got a story to tell you. It's made all the difference in my world, and I'm kind of excited about it. Like your analogy of, I just saw this great movie. Let me tell you about it. Okay, some, some, the way we live our lives sometimes, um, it doesn't, it's not consistent with the message that we're sharing. Any particulars there that you want to? Your list is getting a little long. I'm, I'm, I don't <laughs> get a little, a little too convicting. Let's let's move on. Okay. I don't know how to shorten that either. Connor.
Jacob. So you're back with Adam with rejection. No one has mentioned judgmentalism. I mean, I think that in general, I, I feel like the, the church has come across as we've got this message that judges there. We're, we, we're okay, but everybody else is wrong. And so if you go out with that attitude of looking down at people, talking down at people, that doesn't work. I mean, that's a real hindrance. And then sometimes I think we take this message about resurrection and the message about Jesus and we reduce that to attending meetings. And, and, and then I don't think there's like across the board, I don't think the church in general has the same message. And so then you have this, these conflicting messages that people, what are, what are, you, try, what are, you, what are you trying to say? Because it gets mixed in with what others are saying. And sometimes those others have this like radio program or this TV program that is really declaring something that we're not declaring. It gets confusing. So those are all, thank you, those are all hindrances. So, uh, you know, what are we willing to do? How willing are we (laughs) to make alterations in, in our understanding, alterations in who we hang out with, alterations in our lifestyle? so that we're not unnecessarily offending people as we announce something that is better for everybody. So those are the dynamics. We're not just looking back at the history. We're, we're talking about something that really impacts us today. We're trying to learn from our history. So would you like to stand with me? Well, let's just pray some. Okay, one, I would would like to ask that the Holy Spirit would give to each of us a Timothy or a Timothy or whatever. Whoever. (laughs) I'll have to work on that. It's a feminine form of Timothy. Is that, can I, can I, would that, would that be okay with everybody if we, I don't know about that one, huh? I'm not praying for you to have a Timothy or whatever. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then, can I pray about our willingness to, to really make what, what, I mean, Paul says that I became whatever I needed to become so that I could deliver this message. If I needed to be more Jewish, I was more Jewish. If I needed to be less Jewish, I was less Jewish. Because I really wanted to deliver this message to my generation. Is it okay for us to pray that way? And I know, I I mean, without the help of the Holy Spirit, none of this is going to happen, right? We all understand that. Father, it seems that we we could read and read and read and study and study and study and we could explore our, our history and we could talk about it some more. 
But the bottom line is just knowing our history, just reading the book, just studying, does not produce what we really desire. And so because you sent Jesus and Jesus because you sent the Holy Spirit, we now really call upon you, Holy Spirit, help us. Would you come? And would you make this paragraph from this record of history, would you make two things a reality in our life today? First of all, just in my mind's eye, every person in this room has known Jesus long enough to have something to give away to another human being. And so what I would ask, Holy Spirit, is that you, in this season, whatever that season is, I would ask that you would place a Timothy or the female version of a Timothy in each of our lives. And that we would discover the value of having a relationship with somebody that's a little bit younger than us, that we're in partnership in following you and delivering the message of Jesus to our generation. Please, let this become a reality for each of us. I ask that you would drop a name or the picture of a person into our mind that like you would lead us to that person and that you begin that process right now. I'm kind of curious, just in praying that, does anybody, does any name or any picture come into your brain? If they raise your hand, I just would, I'm just curious. Okay, that's, that's encouraging. Okay, so don't, be sure you write that name down, okay, today. Now, we, we have the most unique announcement to deliver to our generation. Jesus is alive. Jesus is in charge. And when Jesus is in charge, life just works better. That, that's, our, that's our announcement. So would you please enable us, empower us to lay aside anything that unnecessarily offends our generation and hinders our delivery of that announcement. Please bring into our mind any, anything that we do or don't do as a community of people that is hindering what you want to do through us. Again, I just want to ask you, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I'm trying to pray really specific, so I'm just wondering, did anybody have any thought or, again, any, like, picture of something that we do that we don't need to do that's causing unnecessary offense? We talked about some of those, but anything come to anybody's mind as I, we prayed that? Okay. Please remember that. Write it down, think about it. And maybe those are things we need to talk about. All right, Lord, thank you.
Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. We bless you. We ask you now to send us to live out our faith as we see it lived out on the pages of Scripture in your name. Amen. Thanks for our time together.